Welcome to your weekly accountability podcast with me, Alexis McCluskey, where we are more about implementation over absorbing information. Every week, I'll be in your ear to give you a kick in the ass you need to show up and identify what is out of your comfort zone. Here, we don't throw pity parties, we are in it for the long game, and find the balance between grace and discipline. What makes this podcast different is after each episode, I'll share a post on my Instagram at the tough love coach with a question or challenge of the week for you to comment for accountability. And on Friday, I'll share a check in to see if you actually implemented what you learned because being inspired by a podcast is cute, but action is hotter. Totally optional, highly recommended. It's free accountability. I'm here to redefine what you see as tough love. So put on those big girl and boy panties and let's get real bitches. XOXO, your tough love coach. What's good? How is this beautiful Monday morning treating you? We are flying through July. It is absolutely insane. And I have nothing exciting to share. I think I shared last week. I'm, I traveled so much in May and June. I'm not really doing anything in July and August. I don't have anything really fun to talk about, which is a good point. Let's, let's touch on that for a second. I am not doing anything too exciting. Like I go, I, I work during the week. Occasionally might go out to eat. Um, on the weekends, I do some things. Like I love going to shows. Um, this past um, Saturday, I went and saw Smith, which is one of my favorite DJs um, at Cervantes Masterpiece in Denver. Highly recommend that place. I mean, Denver in general is just like amazing in terms of the music scene, not just like the EDM music scene, which is what I'm into. I love all music, of course. Um but I mean, you have Red Rocks, you have Mission, you have so many amazing things. I'm getting off on a tangent. But anyway, um, so I like do a go to a lot of shows during the week. I also played at my friends. Um, they have like this rave in the woods. Uh, it's like they're uh, they put together a festival um, on their own just with a bunch of friends in Breckenridge and it's dope as fuck. Um, and I DJed there, which was really, really cool. And I love doing that. So I did that. That was cool. Um, but like, other than that, like, I'm not really doing anything too exciting lately. Like I go on hikes, um, and that's about it. So the point I was trying to make before I got off on 45 different tangents, which is so funny because today's episode is for my ADHD ears. Um, but my, my point is, is that you don't have to have the most interesting life ever. And I'm speaking to my entrepreneurs, business owners, people who run or, or, or share what you do on social media in terms of a business. You don't have to have the most interesting life ever in order to share. It is helpful and beneficial as you're growing to like make sure you're actually going out and doing things, showing people that you're living the life that you're trying so hard to build. Very important. But you don't have to be in your private helicopter going to Bali every weekend in order for people to take you seriously, in order for people to think that what you're doing is awesome or whatever. You know what I mean? So throw out the idea that you have to be doing all the interesting things all the time. But at the same time, make sure that you're out there living the life that you're trying so hard to build. Because sometimes my workaholics, which I know are a lot of you that listen to my podcast and follow me, we tend to get so caught up in building the business and building the life that we forget to live the life. So don't forget that. But let's get into today's episode. So my ADHDers, as always, any episode where I like really speak to ADHDers, this doesn't mean that if you don't have ADHD, this isn't going to apply to you. This is still going to benefit you in a lot of amazing ways. But what I'm focusing on today is, t- is typically a thought process that a lot of people with ADHD struggle with, but so does everybody else. So just, just know that. So it's very easy for me to focus on what I want to do 
But when it comes to the things I have to do, or I'm required to do, or somebody else put it on my schedule, or I'm just not feeling it, it can be so hard. And I know I'm not the only one that feels that way, right? It's like, oh yeah, I can hyper fixate and hyper focus on something that I'm really excited about, like something about Greek mythology or how dogs find a place to poop. Like I looked that up once and it's interesting. Highly recommend Googling it because it has to do with like the earth and there's some wild ass shit. They're actually like looking for a spot that like literally like feels or vibrates or some shit. I don't remember what it is, but it's like a whole thing. But so like when you're really into like a certain topic or maybe you get a new fixation um, and you want to learn all about it and you watch YouTube videos, whatever, like it's very easy to fixate on that. But when you think about the things that you're required to do, you have to do, or you're not feeling, it can be so difficult for you for it to keep your attention, right? But there's two elements that I want to talk about when it comes to this, because we understand that's true. That's valid. It's a real thing. But with this, number one, this is proof that you do have focus and you can concentrate on something and your ability to get things done is there. Oh my God, no way. What are we constantly stereotyping ourselves as? We can't focus. I can never get things done. I never can concentrate. I can't, you know, I'm procrastinate all the time. Could be a little bit of truth, but also a stereotype you have of yourself. You need to let that go. But so this is proof that you do have the focus. You can concentrate and you, your ability to get things done is there. So saying you can't focus is a lie. You just have to figure out how to harness the superpower. Because as I've said before, are being a, having ADHD, the misconception is that it's a, you know, it says in attention deficit disorder, but it's actually not a deficit of attention. It's the inability to control the tension. We actually have too much of an ability to focus on things and have that attention. It's our inability to control it. Remember Ferrari brain, bicycle brakes. The second thing about this is that you don't realize what you actually like to do if you never give it a try long enough to see what you actually want to do. And you don't realize, again, what you like to do until you have the self-motivation built from the progress and the changes it makes in your life. And so I'm going to dive in a little bit of what I mean here, but all of this is proof that you are way more capable than you're pretending you are or you aren't essentially. So for example, I used to hate walking my dog in the morning. I have two dogs of Gerald and Ned. Gerald is an Australian pit, Australian shepherd, Australian pit, <laughs> uh, Australian shepherd pit mix. Uh, he's crazy. He has a bunch of energy. And then I have Ned, who's my bulldog. And Gerald's like, I think he's three. And uh, Ned is is seven, about to turn eight. And he's lazy, stubborn, hates going on walks. He hates even going outside. So we'll take him on walks occasionally, but he's old. He's got a little bit of arthritis. He's He's not really like vibing with the walks. He doesn't really, he doesn't really like them. So I don't really take uh, Ned for a while. He's not like a consistent have to have a routine with it. But of course, Gerald needs at least two walks a day, if not more of like minimum, like, you know, 30, 45 minutes again, if not more. Uh, And so when we first got Gerald and I've had dogs my whole life, but this was the first dog I like when I got Ned, it was the first dog I owned and I had a routine. And so when I got Gerald, I was so used to Ned just never really wanting to go on walks that I kind of had to be like, Oh my gosh, I got to walk the dog, which is it's important, right? You have to walk your dog. Um, it's good for them. It's good for you. And that's your responsibility, right? You don't, you don't get a dog and then not walk it, especially if it has a lot of energy like Gerald. He's absolutely insane. And so it wasn't that I hated spending time with Gerald or anything like that, but 
and I still did it. I still did it. I'm not, not walking my dog, but I would hate doing it because, Hey, being a workaholic and, and you feel like it's not productive. You're like, I could be doing so many other things with my time. So that was one of them. Um, and being a Virgo and being a manifester in human design, I am very protective of my time. Like, I don't even like phone calls because it feels like someone's intruding on my time. I just don't like them. So those were kind of some of the reasons why I, you know, I really wasn't vibing with it, but now I do it consistently using, using some of the tools that I'm going to share with you. And I actually look forward to it. There are a few different reasons why, but this is because back to my second point earlier is you do not realize what you actually like to do when you have the self-motivation built from the progress and the changes that it makes in your life. So AKA self-motivation is, is what you get that you, when you, when you, uh, or it's what you generate from working at it. We constantly are waiting for motivation to come. Like it's going to rain down from the sky, but it's self-motivation comes from, and it comes from a few different places, but I do think, and this is what I work on a lot with my clients is that like self-motivation. I do work with a lot of motivated people, but when we kind of need, it's, it's easy to, it's easy to motivate yourself for the things that you want, right? It's hard to motivate yourself for the things that you don't, but that self-motivation comes from like, think about um, when you go to the gym at first, you might not really want to, maybe you don't really like working out or you don't feel like it and you're trying to get in a routine. But once you start to feel the benefits, you're like, why did I ever not want to go? You, you show up consistently even when it sucks, even when you don't feel like it. And then you start to see the benefits. You start to see the ripple effect it has on your life and whatever it is you're talking about. And then that self-motivation comes from the progress. It comes from the work. We are waiting for self-motivation and then we're going to go for it. But it's the other way around. We need to go for it. And that builds the self-motivation, which is really hard, right? When we think about like, uh, you know, I, I just wish I just had the motivation. We got to stop wishing for the things to come. And this is for those of you who really just need to self-motivation in every area. But this is also for those of you, my go-getters, my high achievers, my, my higher level thinkers. You already have the self-motivation. You have the discipline to push yourself. You're probably the kind of person that's like, tell me what to do and I'll do it. But then there are the things where maybe you struggle with that self-motivation in the areas where that's that's hard, right? There's always going to be certain areas that are harder for someone to have that self-motivation, even if you are a self-motivated person. I believe many, if not all habits can get to that place where you, just like I talked about dog walking, I didn't like doing it. And then I, now I look forward to it. It's something that I don't want to miss. And I'm going to talk about a few different things, but some simple things that I did was and, and it's a balance too, because there's the side of it where, you know, if you can tend to be a workaholic and, you know, you feel like you need to be productive all the time, you can lean into it a little bit. We want to make sure we're always working at that um, to, to uh, navigate, you know, believing that our worth is there without being productive and, and navigate letting go of being a workaholic, but we can still use it to our benefit. Just like people pleasing. I do this with my clients a lot. It's like, if you know what what motivates you, like being around other people, you're a people pleaser or being productive makes you feel worthy. You can gently use that to help you move forward. So what I mean by that is me not wanting to walk the dog at first because it felt like it wasn't productive and I wasn't able to like get some of the work I, I wanted to do done. I started doing work on the, on the walks. I, now I, I, and, and, and this is the balance because I 
do think it's important to not do that all the time. There are times where I, I won't even go with, I, I'll go without my phone or I will just listen to music or a podcast or I won't even do anything. I'll literally just exist with Gerald on the walk, be present and not feel like I constantly either have to stimulate myself and distract myself or be working all the time. So there's a balance. You don't have to do either or. It's just a balance between the two. But uh, I typically use that time to check in with my one-on-one clients. So I go into Voxer, I check my messages, I voice message. A lot of times I'll do my Instagram DMs. And sometimes I even use that time to get my like social media content ready for the day, like whatever I'm going to post, caption, things like that. So now it's like a time where I'm, you know, I'm walking Gerald, but I'm also getting those things done. So that was something that was kind of, you know, motivating for me. Um, but I also think it's important to find those times to be present. So now I use that sometimes if I uh, maybe didn't get a chance to meditate in the morning, I will use the walk as like a walking meditation and just listening to nature. I'll, I'll practice like visualizing my day and, and the kind of person that I want to be and how I want the day to go. Uh, so finding ways to make what you're doing more intriguing, I think is beneficial, but we're going to get into that. The thing about all of this is that you must be willing to go through what I call the puberty stage. Probably talked about it on the podcast before. If you've worked with me in any way, shape or form, you've definitely heard about my PPC timeline. It's puberty plateau coast. Um, But the puberty stage is the beginning stages, I'd say like, at least two to four weeks, if not more of a new habit, a new mindset, a new perspective that you're trying to implement and get to stick. And the reason why it's the puberty stage is because it's awkward. You forget it's not normal. You're not used to it. It's it's you're not consistent with it. And so in order for the new habit, the new thing, the new mindset, the new perspective to stick, you have to be willing to go through the muck and the shit of a puberty stage to get to the plateau stage where the plateau stage is where it's finally a habit. It's more consistent. It's not perfect, but it's it's pretty consistent. And it's and it's like a part of your routine now. Again, whether that's a habit or a mindset or a perspective, but it's a it feels plateau. It's still a great stage to be at, but it feels plateau because you're not necessarily seeing like insane results. Think about when you go to the gym. Typically, when people go to the gym, and I'm always using fitness just because I used to be in fitness. But um, when you go to the gym, usually if you haven't been the first few weeks, you actually do feel pretty, pretty different. Like it's hard to get consistent with the routine, but you feel, um, a decent amount of results. Maybe you lose weight a little bit quicker. You got have more energy, but then once it starts to get more a consistent habit and you're just showing up, um, you know, every day or a few times a week, you get to the stage where you actually are like moving, um, the needle forward. You're, you're gaining results, but it might not feel like it. So it can kind of feel like you're at a plateau. And the, the key about the plateau stage is you have to stick with it long enough to actually see the results, which lead you into the coast stage, which is where like, it's a habit you're showing up. It's a non-negotiable. You're doing it. You're seeing results and it's just riding it on out for forever and ever for the rest of your life. And so back to the puberty stage, the puberty stage is where most people get stuck at forever and ever because they'll do it really inconsistently for like a week or two. They'll feel like, you know, they're getting somewhere and then they'll have like a few bad days. They'll fall off, think that they suck and they fall right back down the hill. And then they got to start over with the puberty stage because there's no like skipping it. You have to go through that period to get where you want to go. And so you have to be willing to go through the puberty stage of whatever this thing is that like you're having a hard time focusing on. Cause this is what we're talking about, right? We're talking about the habits, the things, the the new things you want to learn in your business. Maybe you want to learn a new skill. Maybe you want to implement something into your relationships, into your life. And it's just not a habit yet. And it's 
easier for you to focus on the things you want to, but these are one of the things where you're like, oh, I can't ever get myself to focus. I procrastinate a lot about it. So that's kind of, you know, what we're, what we're referring to if you need, if you need the reminder. So that puberty stage of that thing sticking is going to suck. It's going to suck. There's absolutely no way around it. You can buffer it and make it a little bit easier, but it's going to suck, suck. And you have to accept that. So you need to stop waiting for it to be easier and focus on everything you are learning in the in-between, focusing on the things that you can control. Because too many times I see people give up in the beginning because they think because they suck at the thing at first, the new habit, the new mindset shift, the new perspective, the new skill, the new, maybe you're learning how to, um, you know, maybe you start a podcast. Maybe like for me, I had to learn how to use Kajabi, which is like a website thing, which is really amazing, but it's a a big learning curve. And so a lot of people will start the new thing. And then because they suck at it, and this is definitely for my workaholics and my high achievers, you guys hate feeling like a beginner. You hate people seeing you as a beginner, right? But you have to suck at the thing first. It's, It's not proof that it's not for you if you suck. I promise you it's not. So if you hate like, you know, feeling like a beginner or when you have a new thing to learn or a new skill, a new habit, whatever, and you suck at it first, or maybe even compare yourself to other entrepreneurs or someone that is at another level than you. And it makes you feel like turning around. That's where that, that's, that's, that's proof that you're in the puberty stage and you have to be willing to help yourself through the puberty stage. So here are some ways to do that. I talked about some, like I gave you some examples of, you know, when I walk the dog, but a number one is reward yourself with the thing that you really want to do. The thing that you actually, uh, are able to focus on the thing that's easy for you. Like maybe, you know, that you like, for me, I love watching true. I always talk about this, but I love watching true crime. And there is, if you love true crime, I highly recommend if you don't already know, I love, and I love watching that. A lot of people listen to podcasts. I love the YouTube videos, but you can still listen to them. But I like the podcast or the, the, I like watching. And it's kind of like when people like to read books or you like to read books with pictures. I'm like, I like to read books with pictures. So I prefer the YouTube true crime episode over a podcast episode any day. And so like, I'll watch it or listen to it while I'm cooking dinner or while I'm working on some like more mindless things for my business, kind of like admin stuff where I don't really need to use my brain, but that chapter on YouTube, I also love coffee house crime and explore with us and truly criminal. I think those are like my favorites. There's a bunch, but those are my favorites. And so I love watching those. And so that for me is so easy to focus on, obviously, even if I'm going to watch it while I'm doing some work with my business, that to me is a reward. And so let's say like right now I'm going through a business course and watching videos and they're good. They're exciting, but they're definitely, they're not as exciting as true crime, right? I'm focusing on what, and this is why I mentioned earlier, focusing on what you're learning in the in-between instead of watching these videos and being like, oh my gosh, this is new for me, or I don't know this. I'm focusing on, this is so exciting. Like, I can't believe I get to learn this. And like, I I can't imagine where I'm going to be in three months, once I have all this information. And that's what I focus on. That to me is motivating. So that's another even tip. I didn't even think about sharing, but I'm sharing it now is like, again, focusing on what you're learning in the in-between and find a way to get excited excited for what you are gaining instead of hyper fixating on how much it sucks, how much you're a beginner, how much, you know what I mean? So when I talk about rewarding myself, I'll think, okay, I'll watch five of these training videos and then I'll get to watch my true crime to me. Hell fucking. Yeah. It's almost like a game, like a competition, like, and and it's not like get through these videos as fast as I can without absorbing any information just so I can mark it off the to-do list. That's not what you want to do, but actually putting in the effort and then rewarding yourself after. So same with like walking the dog. 
Um, you know, for me, I would know that I like got to make breakfast after. So I would like, not that I'm not feeding myself, but I wouldn't eat breakfast until I got back. So you can think of so many different ways for you to do this, but like treat yourself like a little kid. We love in kindergarten, we get this gold sticker on the, uh, on the chalkboard when we finish things. You don't have to pretend like you don't like that. Like find ways to give yourself gold stars, but after you finish the thing that's harder for you to focus on, right? And this sucks at first, okay? Like you you want to use the thing that you want as motivation to get the first thing done, but it's going to suck. This isn't a magic trick. And I think sometimes when you hear tips and tricks and things like on podcasts or on social media, people will try it. And because it doesn't like, give them a bunch of dopamine or it doesn't solve all of their problems or it doesn't make the process that they're doing 10,000 times easier. It makes it only like two or three times easier. They're like, oh, this must not work or it must not be for me. No, the, this shit is not a magic trick. It all works. You have a million tools in your toolbox that works that will help you do a million things that you want to do. But you can't look at it as this the cure-all. It's not a magic trick. You have to show up and do it long enough, go through the puberty stage for it to stick. So second thing with this would be non-negotiables. The first one I just shared, it does work, but only if you work it, of course. And if you do it long enough to make it a habit, it eventually will get easier and the normal resistance won't feel as strong. So just like keep that in mind. Um, You have to make the thing that you're doing a non-negotiable through the puberty stage. It will stick. You have to trust me on that. Stop giving up three weeks in, okay? Um, three, get an accountability buddy. Obviously I share this probably as a tip for like a lot of different things, but especially people with ADHD, um, body doubling, which is doing work with someone in the room. That's also doing work. You can do this on zoom. You can do this with a partner. You can do this with a friend. You can do this over the phone. It doesn't really matter, but having an accountability buddy, when you're doing the thing that you want to do, maybe you guys learn, learn a, a language together, a new skill together, maybe you're implementing something for your business and you find another entrepreneur friend and you guys check in with each other. It doesn't really matter, but accountability really helps. This is also why having a mentor or being in like a group could be really beneficial. So then the last thing before I close out this episode is in every, I think a lot of people at this point have read the book Atomic Habits by James Clear. It's one of my favorite books uh, in, in general, but especially being someone who has ADHD and, and consistently wanting to get better with like habits and um, procrastination and, and whatnot. I love, I love habits. I love learning about habits. So in the book, he talks about cue craving response reward. And so this is something, if you have read the book and what I'm talking about confuses you go back and read the book. You can go to YouTube and search atomic habits, cue craving response reward. There's tons of videos that explains what it is. You can even probably look up the summary on it on Google, but reading the book is really great. But so you can use this to your benefit. Again, you know it works, but you got to work it in order for it to work. So cue craving response reward is what goes on in our brain when we have habits. So using the example of smoking cigarettes, the cue is going to be, and this could be for bad habits or good habits. It doesn't matter. The cue for, for smoking cigarettes might be like, you always smoke a cigarette after you, um, like have dinner. And I know probably a lot of people that are listening to my podcast don't necessarily smoke cigarettes, but this is just a a good example for, I I feel like to help it make sense. But so a cue would be you eat dinner. That's going to be the cue in your brain. And then you're going to have a craving, which is to smoke a cigarette or get nicotine, whatever, however you want to look at it. Um, The response is going to be you smoke the cigarette and the reward is you have a nicotine buzz, you feel good, whatever. We really know it's not a reward, but it's just the, the, what's going on in our brain. So same thing if you and if you don't have a habit and you want to implement this, you can think about this in terms of, let's say you want to implement a new um, 
I don't want to use fitness again. I'm always using fitness. Let's say uh, for, especially for my like entrepreneurs or people that are learning a new skill. So you want to learn a new skill. I'm learning French. So let's say you want to do something like that. So learning French. So the cue, and you can create this. So the cue for me, and it's different for everybody, is an alarm that goes off every day, I believe around like 8.30 or 8.45, which is usually the time that I'm finishing up my morning growth routine. And that alarm goes off and it says like 20 minutes of French. And that alarm's been going off for literally more than eight months. So know that if you use reminders, use them for a long period of time and actually follow them. But I continue to use it. I probably don't even need it at this point because I I will I know that it's I the bell has rang and I have salivated Pavlov's dog enough times to know that, that this is already what I do. And this is the goal. This is what I teach people when I help them get through the puberty stage. There's lots of things you can do, but you need to use the reminder, actually follow it and do it for longer than like three months for it to actually stick. So my cue is the alarm, or you could even look at it as finishing my morning routine because it's the first thing I do. I finish my morning growth routine and then I learn French and then I take the dog for a walk and then I eat breakfast and then I work out. Like I am a very routine person. So that's my cue. The alarm, finish my growth routine. What, however you want to look at it. The craving um, is for me to get knowledge, to learn, to know that I'm having a retreat, which I didn't even think I mentioned. My France retreat we had to move it. Um, it's no longer happening in August, which would literally be literally be a month from now. It's happening in April. So if you are someone who is interested in joining the Fran- French, Fran- oh my God, France retreat, there are so many people that wanted to go to the, the retreat, but August is like wedding season central. And so I think there was 10 or 15 people that couldn't go because of weddings. So if you're like, oh my God, I can go in April, that's going to happen. I'll be sharing more details, obviously, as it comes closer, but there's a lot of time till then. So you have a lot of time to either save up money, to figure out your plans. We don't have the dates exactly just yet, but it is happening in April. So I would love to have you. It's going to be dope. And it's all the same things. It's just the date is moved. Okay, let's get back to this. So cue, alarm, craving, learn more knowledge, response, learn French, reward, I'm growing and I'm already at the intermediate stage. I feel like I could have a very rough conversation, but it's, it's not the best, but so you can kind of set that up knowing that that's what, what you want to do. So think about that with any habits that you're having a hard time focusing on. You need to set yourself up for success and not just try to raw dog it and say, I'm going to implement this new thing. So for my um, even think of like a mindset shift, which I feel like it's kind of hard to put this together, but I, and, and he doesn't really talk about habits in terms of mindset shifts in the books, but this is how I like to look at it. And this is what I help my clients with. So let's say you are someone who's trying to get past imposter syndrome. So with cue craving response reward, you want to know what typically is a cue that cues you to start to go down the rabbit hole of imposter syndrome, where you start to compare to other people, whatever. So let's say the cue is you log on to Instagram and every time you see another entrepreneur or another coach share that they had a huge month or they had a 10K month, a 20K month, or they made six figure, whatever it is, um, which can happen to me too. I saw this girl the other day that she like celebrated that she's made $800,000 since the beginning of the year. And I was like, holy shit. But now that I have these tools, instead of, uh, beating myself up, I look at that as proof that anything's possible. But anyway, that's like a separate thing. So the cue could be, you see somebody have success. The craving, what you're currently experiencing is to avoid the feeling of imposter syndrome or to 
Um, there's, there's so many different cravings depending on like the person, but it could be like a craving to not feel that way anymore. It could be a craving to prove yourself. It could be a crave, you know what I mean? So that could be the craving. Your current response may be to fall into imposter syndrome, beat yourself up. Maybe you procrastinate for the rest of the day because you don't want to think about all the things that you're not doing. And then the reward is essentially, and it might sound weird to like feel good as a reward is just what's currently going on is that you probably don't feel that great. It's more of like kind of the outcome. And so knowing that that's the case, we can flip it and say, the way I look at it is I will either think about changing the craving or changing the response or changing both. So Q, still gonna stay the same. You log into Instagram, you see that someone is um, like doing amazing. They made a billion dollars. And so if you don't change the craving and the craving is still to not feel that way, to... Um, you know, avoid whatever. We want to change the response to instead of falling down the rabbit hole of imposter syndrome, something healthy. Maybe you go comment on that person's post, something kind. Maybe you um, write down three things about yourself that you love and that you accomplished recently. Anything that's going to be a response that actually makes you feel good. And then the reward is going to be, oh my God, I feel better. So you can also look at it if we don't, if we don't want to change this craving, we can look at changing the craving that like your, and this, this is more like the, the back end work of changing how you feel about yourself and comparison and all that. But maybe you change the, the craving to wanting to feel happy for other people. So that would kind of, again, you can have the same response, same reward as we just shared. But so you can look at this cue craving response reward as setting yourself up for the things that you have a hard time focusing on, for the things that you don't really want to do, how can I make the process easier? So um, let's even say with like just small tasks. So like the, anything that you're procrastinating on that you don't feel like doing, let's think small tasks, like maybe maybe like calling the doctor. Like we, that that's probably like a whole, it's not like a habit in itself. So we can look at it as like, uh, adulting, like any adulting things, you have to call, make a doctor's appointment. You have to go get your car fixed. You have to go to the post office, whatever it is. So we can just think about like adulting tasks that we all love to procrastinate on. And so Q, don't think about what it is currently. You have to go do an adulting thing. Craving is fuck that. I don't want to do it. I want to do whatever I want to do. And I don't want to have to do this thing. And it could be rooted in anxiety. It could be rooted in a bunch of different things, but that could be the craving. So the response is, you don't do it. You avoid it. You put it on another to-do list, whatever. And then the reward or result is that it doesn't get done. Okay. So let's go into this. So you have the Q, Q, Q oh my God, Q craving response reward. Q is you got to do the adulting thing. So craving, um, again, this would be a great place where we would want to change that shift, that craving. So like, okay. Um, uh, like focus on what you want to do. Kind of like I talked about like learning French. I know I'm, you know, gaining knowledge, whatever. So with the adulting thing, the craving could be to get this thing off your list, to have one less thing off your brain. So the response is going to be to do the thing. The reward is going to be, it gets done, which sounds really simple, right? But this is where we bring in this last piece, uh, that I haven't mentioned yet that he talks about in the book as well is making it easy, obvious, attractive, and satisfying. And so, and this can apply to, I, the way I look at it is applies to the cue or the whole process in itself. So back to this adulting thing. So when we think about uh, things you have to do when you're adulting, um, and there's so many examples I could go through with this. I'm just using this one, but, um, you, we want to make it easy and obvious. The way I look at easy and obvious is easy is the, uh, the literal ease of doing the task that we don't want to do or habit of we're trying to implement. And the obvious is the actual 
like physical view of it or like how in front of us, in front of us it is. And so attractive is making you want to do it, like something that's making it kind of like enticing for you to complete. And then satisfying is like kind of how you feel after. So I know easy, obvious kind of sounds similar and attractive, satisfying sounds a little similar, but that's, that's how I look at it as, as the difference. So with the adulting thing, back to this, how can we make it easy? So easy being the ease of it. So when we think about, um, like, let's say, you know, going to the post office, let's use that example. That's an adulting thing, right? I hate going to the post office, fucking hate it. So making it easy. So maybe you find a post office that's really close to you. That's obviously like, you know, something super simple, but it could make it a lot easier. Um, or maybe you make a day that you always go to the post office and it's just once a month or maybe twice a month. That way it's not this thing that you have to think about doing every single day. It's like, well, I'm only going to go once a month and everything I need to take to the post office, I'm going to take. Again, there's there's a lot of different ways that you could do that, but I think that might be a great way to make it easy. Obvious could be putting the things that you need to take to the post office out in front of you, like put it in front of the front door or in the passenger seat of your car. Maybe not because it could get, get stolen, but like you get the idea. So obviously in front of you, it makes it harder to procrastinate on something when everything is there. Another thing that would make it easy too, is actually packaging everything and having them all ready to go. That does not mean that you're going to take it to the post office, but it does make it more likely. It does make it easier, right? So those would be the two things that make it easy, obvious. Attractive. This is where we go back to rewarding ourselves for something. So when I think about the post office, I'm like, okay, after I go to the post office, I'm going to go to Target and buy myself a little treat, or I'm going to go to grab my favorite coffee or whatever it is. I don't even drink coffee. I don't know why I said that, but you, you get the idea. So something that's going to make it attractive. Maybe you think about like, for me, I love music or even true crime. Um, this would be a great one for a podcast if you're driving, but um, like listening to like your favorite playlist or putting on a true crime podcast episode or a book that you really like and listening to it in the car on the way there. That's going to make it more attractive. And then satisfying, I guess the satisfying, that would probably be more of the reward after, but you can think of a bunch of different ways to make like, okay, I got it done. How do I feel after uh, I've got things accomplished? One less thing off my to-do list. So you get the idea. So hopefully that makes sense. Um, I do think the Q craving response reward, easy, obviously attractive, satisfying. Go look it up. If you haven't yet, go to YouTube, read the book. It's really, really helpful. And I think that's a great way for you to get through the puberty stage because uh, all of this podcast episode, the point I'm trying to make is that you have the capability to fo focus on things. It, you have the proof of it when you literally go and do things that it's easy for you to focus on. So you know you have the ability. You need to get yourself to where you can use that ability in the places where you don't feel like it. And everything I just shared hopefully will help you do that. So your TLAT of the week. And I also have one uh, one more thing to share before I share the TLAT of the week because I shared this last week on my story and I was blown away at the interest of it because I've shared something like this before and I've never had this much interest. Um, but I think I it's a little bit of a, of a different thing. So I am opening up a new six-month Voxer-only mentorship. This is for those of you that want to work with me one-on-one, -on -one, but maybe can't afford the one-on-one -on -one price. Maybe you don't even really want to bother with one-on-one -on -one calls and you just want um, that, like a place where you can ask questions, get guidance, get support from me consistently Monday through Friday all the time. Or not all the time, but, but yeah, most of the time. 
So it is literally a exactly what it sounds like six month Voxer only mentorship. So Voxer, if you're unfamiliar with Voxer, I just use it as the app to communicate with my, with my clients. Um, it's just like messaging support. Think about it like WhatsApp. It's just a little bit different. And so you get six months of that Monday through Friday support with me. You'll have a little bit of an outline for us to, to follow, but whatever goals you want to focus on, if you're an entrepreneur and you're trying to get your business off the ground, if you're making 10 K months and you want to get to the next level, same way as you'd work with me in a one-on-one setting, whatever your specific goals are, that's what we're going to work on. And we're doing it in that in that setting. So it's literally just like working with me one-on-one without the calls. So the beautiful thing of it, we work together for six months. You get Monday through Friday chat support, and you also get a, a membership to my tough love collective, which I've shared about a bunch on this, on this, uh, on this podcast. So if you've been thinking about joining the tough love collective and working with me one-on-one, it's pretty dope. And it's more than half the price of my one-on-one program, which is fucking insane. I'm just saying. So what I'm doing, um, is the first, and, and I'm sharing it. I'm, I've already been talking to people like individually through the DMS, but this is the first time I'm sharing it like live out into the public. Um, so the first 10 people that join get to, to join for only six ninety seven per month. So the price is eight ninety seven per month. So you, again, you get the six month Voxer mentorship and the TLC mem- uh, membership. So you get it, you know, for, for eight ninety seven. but the first 10 people that decide to jump in and I think I'm only going to do maybe 15, I think, you know, it, it will, we'll see what that looks like, but the first 10 people will get it for six ninety seven per month, or you have the ability to pay in full, which saves you a little bit of money. But if you're interested in that, um, I'm also not, um, doing applications for this. I'm just doing conversations with people, but I am doing calls if you're open to that. So a quick 20 minute call. And so there's not, there's no link to sign up for this. You literally have to talk to me first, um, that I'm going to include a link to schedule a 20 minute call. But if you're someone who's like Alexis, holy shit, this sounds like exactly what I need. I want a six month membership with you. I don't need the calls. I want everything that comes with it. Sign me up message me either on Instagram at the tough love coach or send me an email at Alexis tough love coach uh, at gmail.com. And just let me know that you're fucking ready to jump in and we can get you set up. It's pretty straightforward. There's not many details we need to go over other than like what your goals are, but if you're ready to jump into that, it's there for you. So know that that's there. You can check in the uh, show notes for a link to schedule that 20 minute free call for us to chat about the details. Also, last thing is that I'm going to add the option to kind of have like a la carte calls, 45 minute calls you can do whenever, and they're 250 each. So when you're working in that six month uh, mentorship, maybe you worked with me for a month or two and you're like, you know what? I think I want to call. 250, boom, we get a 45 minute call. So you have that option to throw those in there as well. So just know that that's there. I'm really excited for that. I had a lot of people that were interested in it. So who knows by the time this podcast comes out, um, if you, if there might not even be any spots left, um, but reach out, let me know. And I'd love to work with you. So your TLAT of the week is what is a new habit skill or level you are trying to like learn or reach whatever that has a lot of resistance to it for you right now. Like where you're having a hard time focus, where it's not easy as some of the other things that you're doing. I'd love to know. So I hope you have an amazing rest of your week as always sending you mad love. Peace out. XOXO, your tough love coach. Thank you so much for listening to the XOXO, your tough love coach podcast. I appreciate you more than you know. If you loved hanging with me, I'd love for you to share the podcast to your social media or send it to a friend who might need a tough love pep talk. Also, if you need accountability and a community that gets you, I'd love to have you a part of my tough love collective. This is a year open membership to vibe with me, get biweekly group calls to get support and ask questions, as well as free access to everything I offer throughout the year, including masterclasses and events. Visit my website at alexisrm.com or DM me on Instagram at the tough love coach to learn more. See you next week.